the scripture today comes from Luke 2, verses 8 through 18, and it comes from the message. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing is believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this, this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dee. Again, thank you all for, for being here. Our theme song that I've chosen for uh, this Advent series this year is called There's a Song in the Air. I was thinking about what our theme should be in this year, this very difficult year, this very different year for so many folks, for, for the church, for the community, for the world, for our nation. And the song kept coming to mind. There's a song in the air, one of my favorite Christmas songs. There's a song in the air. There's a star in the sky, which will be our theme for next week. There's a mother's deep prayer and the baby's low cry. And I said, that's what we need to think about, pray about, and, and talk about as we move through this Advent season, as we rekindle some fires of hope. And thank you to the royal family for leading us in a devotional based on hope today. And our first candle reminds us of the hope of the world. We need hope now desperately as much or more than ever. So think back to the passage that was just read and think back to all the, the Christmas music you've heard in days past. It's going to be a little different here this year, but we're doing everything we can, David and his group, everything possible to, to bring the Christmas music into our church and our community and into our hearts. And it's a little different. With the shopping and everything being changed that was in years past, everywhere you'd go this time of year, there was Christmas music. Folks complained that it always started too early, like on July the 5th, but not quite that early. But by the time it got here, we were weary of it. But this year, with the music and the decorations, folks are longing for that. We need that. We need not a little Christmas. We need a lot of Christmas. We need the hope. So I hope however you get your music nowadays, whatever devices you use or however you listen, wherever you go, that you'll think about this song. There's a song 
in the air. And in scripture, there were many songs in the air. Go back when you get a moment and read Luke chapter 1, the chapter that precedes this amazing Christmas story. And there are at least four songs there that we've talked about in other years and we'll talk about again in days to come. There is the song about Zechariah and the angel and Elizabeth conceives and will soon become the mother of John the Baptist. And she's singing about that. And the angel appears to Mary. And Mary visits Elizabeth. And they are dancing and singing and their joy. One of them with child, just still a child herself. And the other old beyond childbearing years, but expecting and hoping for a child. And then Mary begins to sing. We call the song the Magnificat. It's in Luke 1, 46 through 56. And this gentle girl, this woman of, young woman of faith, singing this powerful song about the one she will bear who will come to change this world, who will come to dethrone those in power and come to set up the rule and the reign of God. And then... John is born and Zechariah sings something we call the Benedictus. So read through Luke chapter 1 again and realize that there is some news in this world that is so good and so magnificent that we can't just say it, we need to sing it. And this is not about our ability to sing or lack of that ability, but some things are so joyous. We sing, there's a song in the air. Listen for it. We need a little Christmas. We need the music of Christmas. Now in today's passage, the song in the air comes from the angelic chorus. Glory to God in the heights, in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Glory to God. Peace to all. The angelic chorus singing. I can't imagine the beauty of that music. Though we have some groups here, the inspirations and others who who come close, I'm sure. There's a song in the air. How do we position ourselves this time of year to hear that song, to hear that music? We do that by praying, and we do that with silence and stillness, hard to find some days, sometimes. But to listen for the heavenly course. We do that by gathering, though that's been severely limited this year. But we can gather in limited numbers in our homes and in this sanctuary. And we praise God for that and invite you to these gatherings. To listen for the song in the air. And then we do it by serving and by giving. And it's amazing. This time of year it seems to bring out the best in people most of the time. And we find ways to give. And we find ways to care for one another. And we find ways to love one another. Because that spirit of Christ is in us. God so loved. God gave. Selfishness, if we're not careful, becomes deafness. And we turn in on ourselves. And we're unable to hear the voices of those around us who call out and who cry out and who need us. And when we cry out, we wonder if there's anyone to hear. But there is a song in the air. And the more we give and the more we love and the more we reach out to those who are broken and struggling, the clearer that music becomes in our heads.
and in our hearts. How will we position ourselves, dear church, during this holy Advent Christmas season to hear the song in the air? What will we do? How will we go about opening our hearts, opening our ears? And as I thought about all of this, I thought about my favorite Christmas story outside of the biblical story, of course. And I may have shared this story with some of you or told it in different contexts, but I want to tell this story now. And I wanted to carry the weight of what I'm trying to say to you today about a song in the air. You may know the story. It's called Why the Chimes Rang by Raymond McDonald Alden. It's an old story, but I love this story. And I want you to love it with me or at least to hear it with me. You may know it better than I do. But we're thinking about music in the air, a song in the air, how we need that, how we position ourselves to hear the songs of Advent and Christmas time. There was once in a faraway country where few people have ever traveled, a wonderful church building. It stood high on the hill in the midst of a great city. And every Sunday, as well as on sacred days like Christmas, thousands of people climbed the hill together in that amazing church building. It's great archways looking like lines of ants, the people moving up the hill, so many of them coming to fill this great building, coming to worship together. And when you came to the building itself, you found stone columns and dark passages and a grand entrance leading to the main room of this church. And this room was so long that if you stood at one end of it, if you stood in the doorway, you could scarcely see to the other end where the choir stood by the marble altar. In the farthest corner was the organ, and this organ was so loud that sometimes when it played, the people for miles around would close their shutters and they would prepare for a great thunderstorm that they thought was on the way. And altogether, no such church as this was ever seen before, especially when it was lighted up for some great festival and crowded with people, young and old. But the strangest thing about the whole building was the tower and the wonderful chime of bells. At one corner of the church was a great gray tower with ivy growing up it as far as one could see. I say as far as one could see because the tower was great enough to be fitting for this great church building and it rose so far into the sky that it was only in very fair weather that a few people claimed they could see the very top of the tower. It was so high into the sky. And even then one could not be certain that it was in sight. Up and up it climbed the stones and the ivy. As the folks who had built the church, the builders had been long gone, dead for hundreds of years. And everyone had forgotten how high the tower really was. Nobody knew for sure. Now all the people knew that at the top of the tower was a chime of Christmas bells. And they had hung there ever since the tower had been built and the church had been built. Most beautiful bells in the world, they said. And some thought it was because a great musician had cast those bells. And others because they were so high up in the air and the air was so clear that you could hear the bells for miles and miles around. Some thought it was a great musician that had cast them. Others said the great height, the air was clear. However there, that might be, 
No one who had ever heard the chimes could ever deny that it was the sweetest music, the most powerful moving music that they had ever heard in their life. Some described the chimes as sounding like angels far up in the sky and others as wind blowing through the top of the tallest trees in the forest. But the fact was that no one had heard these bells for years and years. There was one old man living not far from the church who said that his mother had spoken of hearing these bells when she was a child, a little girl, and he was the only one, and he was not really sure if it was a a true story or not. They were Christmas chimes, you see, and were not meant to be played by mortals on common days. It was a custom on Christmas Eve for all the people to bring to their church their offering to the Christ child. And when the greatest and best offering was laid on the altar, then the music would sound with the chimes, come sounding through the music of the choir, the Christmas chimes, far up in the tower. Some said that the wind rang them, and others that they were so high that only the angels could set them to swinging. But for many long years, they had never been heard. People were waiting and longing. And it was said that people had been growing less careful of their gifts for the Christ child, and that no offering was brought to the altar that was great enough to cause the chimes to start ringing again and the bells to sound in the land. Every Christmas Eve, the rich people crowded around the altar, though, each one trying to bring a gift that was a little bit better than anybody else's gift. You know how we people are. Without giving anything that they really wanted for themselves. And the church was crowded with those who thought, maybe this is the year. Maybe we'll hear the wonderful bells and the chimes and the music. But although the service was splendid and the offerings were plenty, the only thing they could hear high up in the tower was the sound of the wind whistling through. Now, a number of miles from the city, in a little country village where nothing could be seen of the great church but glimpses of the tower when the weather was perfectly clear, there lived a little boy named Pedro and his little brother. They knew very little about the Christmas chimes, but they knew that on Christmas Eve, people crowded into the great church and they had a secret plan. They had talked about this for years, like Siblings will often do, plotting and planning. And they were going to this church. They were going there on this Christmas Eve, and they had it all worked out. They wanted to see and and hear the beautiful celebration. Nobody can guess, little brother Pedro would say, all the fine things that there are to see and hear. And I hear that the Christ child sometimes comes down to bless the service. What if we could see him? The day before Christmas was bitterly cold. There were a few lonely snowflakes floating in the air and the hard white crust on the ground. Sure enough, Pedro and little brother were able to slip away quietly late in the afternoon. And they made their way. Walking was hard in the frosty air, but they made their way. And before nightfall, they had trudged so far and they were close, hand in hand. And they saw the lights of the big city ahead of them and they could see the church building there. They were about to enter one of the great walls that surrounded the city, and they saw something dark over in the 
corner there. Just, you know how your eye catches something sometimes? And, and they stopped and they went over and there was something in the snow and they stepped aside to look at it. And they realized that it was a poor woman who had fallen outside, just outside of the city gates, too sick and tired to get in where she might have found shelter. The snow had drifted and made sort of a soft pillow for her. And she would soon be so sound asleep in that cold, wintry air that she would never waken again. All this Pedro saw in a moment, and he knelt down beside her. And he tried to rouse her, even tugging at her arm a little as though he were going to try to carry her away like a little boy could carry a grown woman. He turned her face toward him so that he could rub some of the snow on it. And when he had looked at her silently, For a moment, he stood up and he said, It's no use, little brother. You'll have to go on alone. Alone, said little brother, without you, and you won't be able to see the great Christmas festival in the church building? No, said Pedro. And he could not keep back a bit of a choking sound in his throat. See this poor woman? Her face looks like the picture of the Madonna in the window in the chapel. And she'll freeze to death if nobody cares for her. Everyone has gone to the church, but you go, little brother. And after the service is over, you find someone and come back here to this place and, and we'll see if we can, can help her. I'll rub her face and her arms to keep her from freezing and perhaps see if she would eat a little bit of this bun that's in my pocket. But I cannot bear to leave you and go on alone, said little brother. Both of us need not miss the service, said Pedro. And it had better be I than you. You can easily find your church, way to the church and you can see and hear everything that's going on there and then find your way back here. And look at everything twice, little brother. Look at it for you and look at it for me. I'm sure the Christ child must know how I should love to come with you and worship him. And oh, if you get a chance, little brother, take this little silver coin that I've had in my pocket and place it on the altar when you go down front. Don't let anybody see. You just kind of ease down there and, and lay it on the altar. Don't forget where you left me. Forgive me for not going with you. Come back when it's over. In this way, he hurried little brother off to the city and he winked hard to keep back the tears as he heard the crunching footsteps in the snow sounding farther and farther away. It was pretty hard in the twilight there. It was hard to lose the music and the splendor of the Christmas celebration. He had been wanting to go all of his life ever since he was old enough to understand what it was all about. And he wanted to spend the time in the church But there he was in that lonely place in the snow. The great church was a wonderful place that night. Everyone who was there said it had never looked so bright and beautiful. When the organ played and the thousands of people sang, the walls shook with the sound of it. And little Pedro, away outside the city wall, felt the earth tremble around him. At the close of the service came the procession with the offerings to be laid on the altar. Rich folks and Powerful folks marched proudly up to lay down their gifts to the Christ child. Some brought wonderful jewels and others baskets of gold so heavy they could hardly lift them. And one guy, a writer, a great writer, laid there a book 
that he had been working on for years and had put his heart and soul into this book and he placed it on the altar. And last of all walked the king of the country. And everyone watched as he made his way down front and he took off the crown, the royal crown, with all the gold and all the jewels and he laid it on the altar. And people sighed and they gasped and said, Surely, surely the bells will ring again with so great a gift. Nothing like this has ever happened before. This is the king. But still only the cold old wind was heard in the tower and the people shook their heads and some of them said, as they had said every year, that they never really believed the story of the chimes and they doubted if they ever rang at all. The procession was over and the choir began to sing the closing hymn. And suddenly the organist stopped playing as though he had been shot and everyone looked at the old minister who was standing by the altar and raising his hand for silence. Not a sound could be heard from anyone in the church. But as they all stood there, they strained their ears to listen. And there came softly but distinctly swinging through the air. The sound of the chimes in the tower so far away and yet so clear the music seemed so much sweeter were the notes than anything that anyone had ever heard before. It was amazing and it was moving and it was powerful. And they were rising and falling these notes way up in the sky and the people sat in the church in stunned and amazed silence. And then they all stood up together and stared straight at the altar to see what great gift had been placed there that would cost the chimes and the bells to sound. But all that the nearest of them saw was the childish figure of little brother who had crept softly down the aisle when no one was looking and had placed Pedro's little piece of silver on the altar. What can I give him? Poor as I am, if I were a shepherd, I'd bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. There's a song in the air. How are we going to hear that song in this holy season, dear church? unless we find ways to stop and kneel and care for the lonely and the lost and those who need us most and place our gift there on the altar. And only then will we know that there's a song in the air, that there's hope for all of us, that in the cold and dark of winter, a Savior still comes. Amen.